Hey everyone! We're doing something a little different this week. We're currently in the middle of researching and recording what is turning out to be like a pretty big series, and so it's not quite ready for release on the schedule that we previously wanted. So, for all you people who only listen on this main channel, we have decided to re-release one of our microdoses, and I think it's going to whet your appetite for the series that we have planned. So, this microdose is available to our patrons ad-free over on Patreon for $2 for the audio and $5 for the accompanying video. It covers the 2000 movie Aaron Brockovich, which we watched with our patrons, and that's something that we also do for our $5 patrons over the summer, is that we regularly watch movies and then we talk about the poisons involved. So, I hope that this episode... Um, gives you a little something fun to listen to until we're prepared to release new content. And if you like the format of this episode, or if you want to watch more movies with us, or just get more content from us, go find us on Patreon, where you can listen to main channel episodes ad-free, and you can get monthly new content from us. loved that you let the inner child in me use Aaron Brockovich <laughs> for a microdose movie night with our valued Patreon subscribers. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was a movie that I can't believe I hadn't seen up to that point. I also cannot believe that you hadn't seen it. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was a good one to watch. It was fun to watch with our patrons over on Discord. I think everybody had a pretty good time. Yeah, it's it blew my mind that you had not seen it because this is quite possibly the first time Baby Venus had heard of toxicology. Mm -hmm. I had been a, an avid fan of forensic files at this point. So, I mean, I knew, but as far as like in a real world setting, mm -hmm. like that wasn't forensic files, true crime, hearing right. about a toxicologist. Right. So... For any Patreon subscribers who haven't seen it, I suppose, short, very brief rundown. Um, Erin Brockovich is a woman who lived in Southern California and Reno. Yep, I and, think so. Yeah, and she was a single mother who was down on her luck and she really needed a job like super bad as a single mother does because they have to feed them kids and themselves. And she got a job at a law firm, Masri and Vidito, and she started as a file clerk. Um, Ed Masri lost her personal injury case from a car accident that she was in and she demanded, damn it, I need money somehow. And so she <clears throat> starts working there as a file clerk and they give her a stack of files 
and she was really confused because they contained both real estate documents and medical records. And so she said, what the fuck? Why are these two entities playing together? And she goes on a few field trips and she finds out that PG&E, um, Pacific Gas and Electric. Yes, uh, they are part of the um, ultra mega corpse of evil. Mm-hmm. Um, she finds that they are offering to buy um, a lot of property in the small town of Hinkley, California. And she sees records such as, I mean, documents where the residents have cancer, lymphoma, they have multiple surgeries, the children are having severe medical issues, and it's very concentrated. And long story short, she finds out about this thing called hexavalent chromium, um, and specifically chromium-6. Same thing. Oh, well, duh. Hex. That makes sense. (laughs) Thanks, Kayla. No problem. (laughs) Thanks for pointing out the obvious that I did not pick up on until just now. Um, That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Makes total sense. This is why why you are the chemist on the show. And um, this shit is fucking poisonous. And it is killing the residents and making them incredibly sick. And she basically points this out to Mr. Ed Masry. Well, after getting fired, though, because oh, she, she took her point. field trips and they she were took... like, where have you been, file clerk? And she's like, I was out being an investigator. And, and they're, they're like, like, yeah, you don't do that here. <laughs> you just, but, but in her defense, she did ask if she could look into this. Yeah. And he did say yes. And then she really looked into it. Yeah. She went hyper-focused. And we love to see it because <laughs> quite possibly the residents of the town um, of Hinkley mm-hmm. might not have received the justice that they did because she puts together that essentially they're poisoning the residents. They know this shit is poisonous. Mm-hmm. And long story short, she helped them obtain justice, which is something that doesn't often happen against big corporations. Right. Yeah. So, where where do we go from here? Well, where I wanted to start with actually looking at the toxicology was I wanted to talk first about the toxicology results for one of the residents she interviewed at the beginning named Donna Jensen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Donna, in her talks report that she got back from the doctor that I think was paid for by PG&E, right? So mm. there was that whole thing where they're like, here's your report. It doesn't look great, but you are fine because this medical, like this medical care, is being brought to you by PG and E. Right. This this happens in my line of work all of the time with houses that are built poorly. Mm-hmm. The insurance company and the builder pay for a professional to look at it. Mm-hmm. And listeners, any time somebody is paying for that service, remember who's paying for it. Right. Because it will factor in to how they opine. Right. So. so They opine she's fine. (laughs) So they have these talks results and they said that Donna had decreased white blood cells. She had increased lymphocytes and she had increased uh, T helpers. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, her husband also was looked at. Uh, he had Hodgkin's lymphoma. She had tumors. Did they have kids? I can't remember. Yes, they had. A, they had a two to three kids because the scene where she's where Donna kind of puts two and two together and goes, "Holy shit, it's in my water." She gets like the kids out of the pool. The like, pool. That's let's right. go, let's go, That's let's right. go. It's and, it's a pretty like chilling scene, actually. Right, right, and so. They they were essentially told, they were like, hey, there's this thing that PG&E is looking into. We've realized that maybe some of the residents are getting sick, but we checked you out and you're fine. Despite all of these pointing to something very, you know, detrimental going on in the body, like you have a virus or you have something that is increasing your T helpers and decreasing your white blood cells. Like something is going on, obviously, mm-hmm. because you have tumors, but they're like, no, you're fine. Now... The whole reason that they even started investigating it and they kind of knew what to look for is because PG&E had been using chromium-6 to prevent corrosion in their pipes and stuff between 1952 and 1966. And they couldn't allow it to get into the groundwater. And so they would take all of the water that had the chromium-6 and they just put them in these holding ponds that were lined. Mm. And the liners broke at some point. And it, they broke fairly early in that history, I think, because you find out, she does her digging, and PG&E knew that there was chromium-6 contamination in the groundwater as early as 1966. So long before the 90s, where this movie takes place. Exactly. Well, this, where this real event takes place and the movie. But. Exactly. And all of, the, all of the numbers that were in the movie were great, and so they say that the hexavalent chromium which again is chromium-6, the legal limit that can be in groundwater is 0.05 parts per million, and they found 0.58 parts per million at just the Jensen's, and that that's just one house, one house on this land. And then I have notes about how the, the, t- ch- the neighbors next to the Jensen's, they had chickens, chickens were born disabled and sick, mm-hmm. the wife had five miscarriages, like, this... I mean, it was obviously not just this one family, but Aaron Brockovich needed to be like, oh, there's a pattern. Let's see how far it spreads. And it spread far. It spread very far. Yeah, I mean, by the end of the movie, there's hundreds of people involved in this case who have been detrimentally, like, impacted. Like, mm-hmm. and not just mm-hmm. like, oh, we get nosebleeds from time to time. You right. know, all of these things, like all of these cancers and and that's something that I remember the toxicologist in the movie bringing up is just, mm-hmm. like, the plethora of cancers. Oh, yeah. Like, this, and and all to prevent a little rust. Right. Right. And, I mean, not having your pipes rust is important, but there's also a reason that, like, Denver has a lead problem and Flint has a lead problem. Right. Like, we just had chromium-6 in Hinkley, or whoever was being affected by PG&E, because we find out later that it's obviously not just Hinkley either. No. But yeah, you can end up with, um, you can end up with asthma, eye irritation, uh, dermatitis, and then kidney damage, organ failure. It messes with your DNA and your reproductive abilities. It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, this, that, I mean, we always go back to it, but Agent Orange, like, just any time, what is it when it affects with your reproductive, what's that fancy term uh, again? It's a, um... I want to say it's a teratoma, but that's the kind of cyst that has teeth and hair and stuff, I, and that's not right. 
I think you're thinking of the word teratogen, and that's yeah. when it's that's when it's toxic to a growing fetus. So not Got necessarily it. the reproductive, but the fetus. Got yes, that's I was mixing those two up. Yeah, yeah. But it, it... aren't there things that we could try <laughs> that aren't chemicals? That can mess with your fucking DNA. I think so. I think that we have those options. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we do. So, so the tox, like that scene with the toxicologist, it sounds like he got it pretty spot on. Yeah, like, they, they did everything that checked well out for the movie. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But he did mention that there were the other types of chromium because yes. he said that there was a hex three that was good for the body, the six was a rust inhibitor and mm -hmm. that is dangerous as fuck um so is this one of those situations like analogs like we talked about with fentanyl it's not quite an analog so with elements it's different oxidation states that they exist in and so if anybody remembers i know a lot of you have tried to black out chemistry but if anybody remembers what the periodic table looks like there's that whole section that's kind of stout in the middle that you just kind of glance over when you're in the beginnings of chemistry and all of those metals are transition metals that can have different oxidation states and so it's kind of like the difference between the mercury that is used in some vaccines not in the u.s it's vaccines outside of the u.s where they have to take multiple vaccines from the same bottle with different needles we use single-use vaccines here with no mercury um, but that mercury is different from the mercury that's say in fish and might you know, bioaccumulate mm. if you eat too much fish. Gotcha. Too much sushi. So it's a, it's an oxidation state. And I think that that whole part of the movie is probably the most insidious part because PG and E sent pamphlets to oh, the residents and was like, oh, it's chrome three that's in your water. And, chrome and it's three, good for you. Yeah, it's an essential element. And so they were like, oh, well, we're, we're benefiting from this. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty um devious yeah like straight up yeah um and the the w interesting thing about that too is i think when they said that and when the movie was made even which was like it came out in like 2000 right the movie did something like that yeah I'll look. everybody around the world basically wasn't on you know there was a consensus that sure chromium is an essential element chromium 3 can be beneficial for you but in 2014 the european union actually revoked their stance and deemed that it was not an essential an essential element mm. and there there was not enough evidence to prove that and so trace amounts of chromium 3 might even be investigated in the future as being not necessarily beneficial i don't know about toxic at the levels that we're often exposed to but they're at least in the European Union, starting to say, I don't know. I don't think that it necessarily is essential. Well, and if they're thinking it's not, that that probably means it's not. And, like, especially if they're, like, going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, this is bad. Yeah. Like, it's probably not great. Yeah. Well, um, I don't think they've said it's necessarily bad yet. But that we is just kind don't of the want next. it. Yeah. Well... And so what happened, like, what happens with long-term exposure? Is it just one of those things where it compounds and compounds and compounds? 
Yeah, yeah, and there I don't think there's a whole lot of information known about populations like this because most of it is occupational exposure because of the Oh. places where chromium-6 is used. And so um, they're usually like, okay, well, you know, you need something so you don't breathe it in. You need to avoid contact with your skin. But when you're ingesting it in your water, like, That's way different. it's, yeah, it's different. And so I, I don't know that, like, there's... There's uh, very much information about acute exposure as much as there is occupational chronic exposure and then like residential chronic exposure is just like, I don't know. I don't know if you can catch it before you're like, oh, hey, my DNA is fucked up and my organs aren't working. <laughs> Yeah. well and like i wonder if it's another one of those things where maybe they were telling employees also like hey a bonus of working at pg and e is Yeah. do you know what i'm saying like Who if they're knows? gonna Yeah. who knows like what they're gonna tell people who are on the lower rungs of the pg and e ladder Yeah. Yeah. So they go through this whole thing, and she collects information from everybody she can get information on. And so this was the largest direct action lawsuit in the U.S. at the time, with 411 plaintiffs, 162 declaration, PG&E, submitted 84 demurs, which were denied. All of them were denied. And then the payout, which is why it was the biggest lawsuit, was $333 million, and it was finally settled in 1996. And I remember, like, in the, like, one of the first scenes, they're, like, prepared to offer, like, $250,000 Yeah, oh. or something when they sent the little baby lawyer, and they're just like, Yeah. no, 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 like, Yeah. and I mean, they mention it being a $28 billion company, PG&E, that is, Can, and I know that they're one of the, you know, E most evil of them out there that give zero fucks about anybody. Could we do a cursory review of some other cases they've been involved in and make this a PG&E hate show? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, there weren't many other um, articles I could find about if they had further contamination of groundwater. They do mention Kettleman, California at Mm-hmm. the end of it, and I, Kettleman was also settled um, either uh, that same year or close to Kettleman got, I think, $250 million. I have something here on it. No, Kettleman got $335 million in 2006. That's what Okay. it was. So, same deal, same company. They were obviously like, well, we might as well just pay out because we've been had. Well, at that, yeah, like, what, what leg do they have to stand on at that fucking point? Right. Like, seriously, Right. like, they've already been found guilty and for the same thing. What are they going to say? No, but this time it's It's different. different. It's It's different so here. different this time, you Yeah, guys. and so I wasn't surprised to learn that they had been sued multiple times, but because I don't live in California, I didn't put the dots together that this was the same Pacific Gas and Electric that was responsible for the Kincaid fire and the Camp fire. And uh, there's another one, but we'll go through them the order that I had them in the notes. So, uh, the California Public Utilities Commission... 
uh, fined PG&E $125 million for violations related to the 2019 Kincaid fire that burned more than 77,000 acres and caused the evacuation of 185,000 residents north of Santa Rosa, California, which was started October 23rd of 2019 and destroyed 374 structures like i remember this being a very big yeah this i mean california has fires every year sorry guys Mm -hmm. we in colorado we also do Mm -hmm. but this is different right right this is different than a wildfire that happens because of lightning and dry earth conditions yeah Yeah, this was um they were found on they were found guilty of unlawfully causing a fire that resulted in great bodily injury, injury, unlawfully causing a fire that resulted in the burning of inhabited structures, and unlawfully causing a fire that resulted in the burning of forest land as well as air pollution crimes. So it was ultimately five felonies and 28 misdemeanors because their equipment was faulty. And this is the same company that I think that same summer, actually, before their equipment was faulty, they were experiencing rolling blackouts throughout California. Mm-hmm. And so people who needed to have their air conditioning and who needed to have air purifiers and who needed to have things that ran medical equipment were experiencing rolling blackouts and PG&E was doing nothing. No, they they weren't doing nothing, Kayla. They were <laughs> rolling around on giant lumps of money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's not nothing. Give them some credit. So they also... Uh, reached a $13.5 billion settlement settlement to compensate victims of wildfires in 2015, 2017, and 2018. And I didn't know this. This was the one that I was wanting to scroll down to see. They actually had to pay out to the families of the victims of the 2016 ghost ship warehouse fire in Oakland. Interesting. I did not know that one. I didn't know they, yeah, I didn't know they were at fault either there. And they, they didn't admit fault, but they, you know the whole they don't have to go to court they just paid it out but fuck but off. but see um when, when you when i when you pay <laughs> out the money right it's not a good it, it it means you're wrong yeah and you know you're wrong and that one at least at least 13.5 billion mm-hmm. makes a dent Yes. Like, as much as I'm happy for, say, the families of Hinckley and Kettleman who got, you know, $333-plus million settlements. Between like, all of them, yeah. Between all of them. Like, that still ain't shit to a $28 billion company. No, like, well, and the $13 billion, it did create a debt a dent because uh, PG&E filed for bankruptcy in 2019, and it was the largest utility bankruptcy in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fuck those guys. Fuck, fuck these guys. Fuck, yeah. fuck, fuck these guys. And I mostly was just focusing on, you know, stuff that had happened since Aaron Brockovich, but it seemed right. like they had a little bit more of a sordid history before that as well, so. Yeah, they're a mess. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I think Gross. any company, once it gets to a certain point, it they just have to inherently be evil. Would there have been a safe way to use hexavalent chromium as an anti-corrosive ever, like, if the retention ponds did not fail back Mm -hmm. in the 60s, could it have been fine? I don't know. I I want to say no, just based on how I feel personally about retention ponds, because you have retention ponds for, like, 
livestock, uh, you know, mm-hmm. slaughterhouses and things like that, the industrial agriculture. And when there's flooding in those areas, you end up with contaminated livestock sewage in the floodwaters. Mm. Or, you know, you, you end up with something something always happens like these ponds are not it's it's like the, the aquifer in hawaii that started right. leaking jet fuel into their water supply like just putting it aside and saying this is a forever solution like it's never a forever solution so i don't know if we could have come up with something that was chelating that would grab onto hexavalent chromium and make it safe but Ooh, what does that mean chelating yeah. Chelating, a chelating agent is just a, um, a substance that does just that. It is uh, specifically attracted to other substances, usually compounds, and it will grab them and it will hold on to them. And so oh. chelating agents are one of the ways that we deal with um, like radiation poisoning. We talked about it a little bit in the Russian poisons episode with the Prussian blue. That's a chelating agent. Got that we it. Okay. Yep. And then uh, it's also one of the ways that they're considering dealing with the ozone in the atmosphere and all of the greenhouse gases in the atmosphere is to release chelating agents that you can then grab and store or turn into other things. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would personally say holding tanks are never a good idea. And if you're just going to put it somewhere and say, this is it, this is what we're doing now, like that's never, that's never going to work. Yeah. And I mean, maybe we should test chemicals mm-hmm. for, I mean, and I'm not saying human testing because apparently right, right. that's unethical, <laughs> apparently, but like, if it's going to be touching something as important as our water. Well, and that's, the, this is the thing is that you put it in the holding tank and you say, this is our solution. And so we don't have to consider what acute exposure looks like. We don't have to consider what chronic residential exposure looks like. And we don't have to consider groundwater exposure because we're not planning for that. It's just not going to happen. And the government and these companies say, okay, that's good. That's great. And then it does happen and we have no information on it. And the only information we get is from people who are now victimized by it. Right, because, and, and that's the shitty part is they don't, we don't have a way to see the future. We don't have a way to tell how this is going to affect somebody. But it's one of those things where somebody knew it was a bad idea. Yeah. And and it's one of those things where they do the cost-benefit analysis and go, okay, well, it might poison some people, but we won't have to replace all of these lines all the time because they won't be all nasty and corroded. So let's go with that because that affects our bottom dollar and that's what's most important. Yeah, I don't know. It's just somebody definitely knew that it wasn't a good idea. Well, and then more people knew it wasn't a good idea when they were starting to hear about what's going on because the second that PG&E started offering to buy houses and <clears throat> the the couple that lived next door to Donna Jensen, I cannot remember their names, but that shows up to Aaron Brockovich's office and says like, hey, yeah, the dead chickens and oh, right. by the way, five miscarriages, I thought that it was me. Right. Like they... They took the money from PG&E who said, hey, would you like to sell your house? Right. <laughs> would you like to do that? Yeah, you would? Okay, great. This yeah. is going to be nice and quiet. Like, 
if if an if any big utility company or any major company offers to buy your house, it's not a good. It's not good. No, it's, no, God, yeah, all of this is just. It's like uh, Ed red, red flag. Said, <laughs> it, well, it's like Edward Masri said. He compares it to Love Canal, and it is all very reminiscent of Love Canal. Can you take us down Love Canal memory lane? <laughs> Yes, yes. So a brief overview of Love Canal because I anticipate us discussing this. At I some hope point. to. I yeah, yeah. I hope to one day. Love Canal was a big, big deal. It was a neighborhood in the Niagara Falls region in New York um, in the 1970s that had originally been owned by the Hooker Chemical Company. And the Hooker Chemical Company, I can't remember what they made, but they ended up producing a lot of dioxins because dioxins are um, chemicals generated from other chemical reactions. And there's mm -hmm. no use from them. They're extremely poisonous. Mm -hmm. And so they remember. just put them into these barrels and then buried the barrels on their property. But then the property, I think, I think something happened financially with Hooker Chemical. And so they lost their property and it was, you know, taken back by the state or it was sold. It became a residential area though. And actually the exact area that the bar barrels were buried and not particularly well either because it was just meant to be a dump Tempor site. Yeah, like yeah. a temporary dump site. For, for Hooker Chemical and there was no like, you know, 20 year or 100 year view into like, what is this gonna mean? They were just like, okay, we're just burying it on our property. The actual site where they buried these barrels became the school. So mm -hmm. they built the school on top of it and then built all of these residential houses around. And within like a couple years, the residents started experiencing signs of leukemia. They were experiencing increased rates of miscarriage. They were experiencing increased rates of birth defects amongst the children. It became a huge issue. And they could see actually they were doing these tests that they could see that while the residents were there, the chemicals were moving through the soil and through the groundwater, and it was slowly starting to expose more and more people. And so then you have residents who need to move, residents who can't afford to move, residents who are being offered money to move elsewhere, but what are we going to do with this money that can't get us another house, and we can't right. live in our house? And it was such a big deal that Love Canal is the reason that the Superfund project began. Yep. It was the first Superfund site ever. My hometown is a super fund. Yeah, all of New Jersey is a super fun site. Yep. And it's... that's not just to dig at New Jersey. No, I was just I was just about to say something similar. Like I I hate that New Jersey and its inhabitant becomes such a punchline to so many jokes because like it's really sad state, yeah. guys. <laughs> like yeah, it's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. Things are not okay on Jersey at all. Like, and and they've been through a fucking lot. So let them party. Let them have their hair. Let them have their spray tans. Right. For the love of God, whatever brings them one little smidgen of joy, let yeah. them fucking have it, okay? Yeah. It's fine. It, you can have bumpets and skee ball. It's fine. That's okay. Oh, bumpets. <laughs> oh, oh God. Memories unlocked. <laughs> I follow this Instagram that's just like, I don't even think it's nostalgia. I think it's just like, remember this terrible thing? 
thing. And it it showed the commercial for head on. Oh my god. <laughs> Without yes. even the sound, but you could hear the commercial. I can hear the commercial. <laughs> for all you zoomers, it was head on, apply directly to the forehead. Head on, apply directly to the forehead. To the forehead. That was the whole commercial. That's it. And no it's jingle. just literally an old man with the white tube. <laughs> With... I think it was <sighs> for curing headaches. I don't know. It was what for was headaches. <laughs> and my my grandma, who was very susceptible to television advertisements. Uh-huh. Yeah, we had head on. Spoiler. It <laughs> oh didn't God. work. Oh, okay. Good to know. Did you ever see the ministry spoof? <laughs> no. I don't know where I saw it, but it was some spoof, probably on MTV, where it was the newest Ministry album, and it was this goth chick just, like, putting it to her head. <laughs> ministry, nice. apply directly to the forehead. Nice. <laughs> <sighs> oh, chemicals we just rub on our bodies, let us say. Good but, luck. Yeah. But so, yeah, anyhow, the point is that they knew about, they knew about Love Canal in the 70s, they you know, had known since 1966 that they were leaking chemicals and they just kind of hoped that nobody that it would, would be find fine. out. Yeah. That seems to be a running theme with all of these chemicals that are used by large entities. Mm -hmm. They they hope for the best and plan for nothing. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. Like, that's like the best way that I think I could put it. You know what other episode we should do is we should cover why the Chicago River... I think it was the Chicago River caught fire, okay. like on multiple That's... occasions. I think. I may, and then can we also talk about the recent oil spills that were caught on fire? And can we just do an episode about when water catches fire because it's <laughs> such a fun uh, contradiction? And I'm here for it. Yeah, we can do it. We can see how emotionally draining it is, and then plan for that. Okay. <laughs> <Hey. laughs> But yeah, that that was basically it. So Hinkley got paid out. Aaron Brockovich got, you know, she got a bunch of money herself and went on to do more legal stuff. Kettleman got paid out. But PG&E went on to just be continually terrible. And continually bigger. Yeah. But filing for bankruptcy is something. Um, I imagine that they got bailed out in some way. Uh, I don't remember reading. I think, actually, I think what I read is that they were bought by somebody else. Makes so I don't sense. know if they'll continue being PG&E. I don't know if there's going to be any improvements to their faulty equipment. I mean, you would assume so if they had to pay mm. out that they probably were like, you also have to fix the equipment. But The cynic in me, the cynic in me says fat fucking chance, man. I know. I know. As, as much, like, I really wish that I could be more hopeful in my mid-30s, but at this fucking point in the game, season three of a pandemic, like, yeah. <clears throat> I don't have any fucking hope. Like, I'm sorry. I, I feel like they went, here's an injection of money. Yeah. We yeah. tried. Who knows? Who, but, who, who even knows? But at least, at least the people who have gotten paid out, got paid out, there is... It, it was one nice shining glimmer of justice, and we love to see that. 
So yeah. I'm glad you finally got to see this movie. It's, yeah, me too. It's a Venus favorite. <laughs> it was good. It was really good. I recommend anybody who has listened to this microdose and has not seen the movie, go watch the movie. It's it's so good. Yeah, it's a good so time. Good. It's a good time. Um, but yeah, thank you patrons for being here with us and for watching movies with us. And we are thrilled to get back to your regular, regularly scheduled programming. Stay safe out there, everybody. Stay safe. Thank you. We love you. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please like, follow, subscribe, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. For more Lethal Dose content, you can find us at Lethal Dose Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. For an overdose of content, subscribe on Patreon for exclusive episodes and much more. Our theme is Raising Up the Mage Wind by Fogweaver. More of their music can be found on bandcamp.com. Lethal Dose is created, researched, produced, and edited by Kayla Woods and Venus Dineko. Stay safe, and remember, the dose makes the poison.